Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. Good morning. Man, it's good to see that good fellowship. Shaking hands once again. Isn't that great? Amen. But we're glad to be here, glad to be in a nation where we can worship the Lord and uh, just follow His direction. But as we look back at our country, the Revolution, the War of 1812, the Civil War, the Spanish-American War, World War I, World War II, Korea, and then the Middle East. I forgot Vietnam. God has tried our nation. But a lot of these wars were fought helping other people. But God has tried our nation. And I hope our nation never turns its back on God. But we're thankful that you're here today. This may be a strange 4th of July message. But I believe it's a message that God's laid on my heart. And I want you to listen. If you'll turn to Luke's, gap, uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 12, verses 13 to 21, the urgency of the hour. And as we read, beginning in verse 13, and one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, I want you to count the eyes here as I read. What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich. Toward God. Lord, bless your word to, to our hearts today and help us to understand riches is not everything, but eternal life is. Thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. As you look back in these chapters before we get to this scripture, there were a lot of crowds following Jesus. They had gathered around him 
not to hear spiritual truths, but to see him do a miracle or to meet a personal need. Also, there were the scribes and the Pharisees who were plotting against Jesus and trying their very best to get him out of the way. The disciples were caught right in the middle of all of this. Jesus teaching and the Pharisees trying to unteach what Jesus was teaching. Popularity and fear of man have brought ruin to more than one servant of God. As a servant of God, we don't need to fear anybody, not even the devil. Because who is it that lives inside of us and helps us with everything that we go through? The Holy Spirit of God. And we don't have to fear anything. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. But how many give in? How many begin to listen to talk and they get afraid and they allow the devil to cheat them out of the blessings that God wants them to have. But we as Christians must understand the urgency of the hour. In chapter 12, Jesus was teaching about how all Christians must be truthfully sincere about their relationship with him. There are those so-called Christians, as Donna brought out this morning, Those complacent Christians and those that have quit. They don't want to get involved anymore. Suppose our country would have thought that fighting against England for the freedom of this nation. Well, we're just not going to fight anymore. We've been through this seven, eight years. We're not going to win. We're just going to give up and quit. Aren't you glad our forefathers didn't quit? Aren't you glad that the preachers of yesteryear did not quit? They kept on preaching the word. And they are keeping on preaching the word today. Because the word is going to stand forever. What we do for the Lord will stand forever. But the sin that so many people are engrossed in will be judged one of these days. Regardless of who we might be, who you might be, we will be judged. Many today, just as they were in Jesus' days, were hypocritical in their relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. In our Scripture, a man interrupted Jesus and asked him to solve a family problem. Lord, I'm not getting my share. Would you tell my brother to give me my share? How many is like that today? We can't get enough. Or we think we have been cheated out of something. Lord, would you get on to my brother? Would you tell that man that cheated me, I need my part? Wasn't very spiritual, was it? He was more interested in the things of the day than the future of tomorrow with the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus refused to get involved. He knew no answer would be sufficient 
to solve the real issue. And what was the real issue? The heart problem. And most of the time today, that's the real issue with people with their problems. It's a heart problem. Their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I know there's physical. We've been through a lot of things the last five years, physically. But you know, Jesus walked with us every step of the way. He's helped us every step of the way. I know there's physical problems. But one greater than the physical is the spiritual problem in people's lives. When they forget God, when they tune him out, when they say that we don't need him anymore. I was reading this past week, churches in New Hampshire, there's been three in the last little bit who have closed their doors because of attendance got so low they couldn't even get enough to pay the light bill. And so they closed the door and put a sign in the front yard, for sale. What's going on in America? What's going on in our own lives that people can't trust the Lord God Almighty anymore to supply their needs? Why can't we get out and get into the highways and the byways and the hedges and knock on people's doors and say, hey, come worship with us on Sunday morning. God is there. Can you say that about your church? God is there. And I believe Donna brought that out this morning. God is here. He's working. But how many churches cannot say that? How many churches have died for lack of a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? The greatest need of these two men was to have their hearts changed. The one who said, I need my part. And then the one who said, well, I've got everything. I don't need anything else. But as we look at our scripture and our message this morning, the hour is urgent for the lost and for us. There are too many who are caught up in the ways of life. Mark Twain once defined civilization as a limitless multiplication of unnecessary necessities. And he was right. A limitless multiplication of unnecessary necessities. Man, we're caught up in it today, aren't we? Well, George over... Uh, I hope nobody's here named George. <laughs> well, George over there and his wife, man, they bought that brand new house over there and it's a whole lot bigger than mine, so I'm going to what? I'm going to start looking. Or Pete, he went out here and bought this Rolls Royce. Man, I got to go get one too. Aren't we trying to keep up when the Lord says, follow me? I don't have to have a Rolls Royce. I don't have to have a Mercedes. What do you think about yesteryears when they rode horses or mules from church to church? Summer, winter, fall, spring to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They didn't have all of the necessities that we think we got to have. Well, I'm going to say it anyway. But if you read about that yesteryear, this country was a whole lot more spiritual 
than it is today. People are turning their backs on God. They're not coming to church anymore. We don't need church anymore. I read in the paper this past week, church attendance is way down. Church giving is way down. The Southern Baptist Convention, the attendance of the churches is way down. Their giving is way down. Why? Well, we don't need church anymore. When church is what made this nation great and their belief in a holy and a righteous God who was with them, helping them, supplying every need that they had, our nation was founded on the Christian principles of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you notice the six personal pronouns? How many people do you know like that today? It's always I. Turn with us to Proverbs chapter 30. Verses 7 through 9. Two things have I required of thee. Deny me them not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. Lest I be full and deny thee and say, Lord, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and still and take the name of my God in vain. Lest I deny the Lord through those riches that you may obtain. Isn't that what happened to the farmer? His barns were sufficient, but they weren't big enough. So he tore them down, built bigger. Now I've got it made. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 11 through 14. The Bible says, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day, lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God. I think God's given America a warning. I sure hope we listen. Even in the church, I sure hope we listen. Look at Matthew 13. Verse 22. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. God blesses. He takes it in and says it's mine. 
And the Bible says he becomes unfruitful. Look at 1 Timothy 6. 6 through 10. But goodness and contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that which be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and heart hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which shall which while some covet after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So what's going on in these scriptures? Just like the rich man. I've got all I need. I'm just going to sit down and take it easy. And as I look at America, I believe that's what we are doing. We are sitting down and taking it easy. We're not paying attention to what's going on. But the Bible also teaches us that money does satisfy if that's how you want to live. Oh, it can buy you things, but it'll never buy you eternal life. It'll never buy you happiness. But do you see the urgency of the hour? Second thing we see, the hour is urgent for the lost man. People who are satisfied only with the things that money can buy are in great danger of losing the things that money cannot buy. The rich farmer was about to learn this the hard way. He lived to please himself. Isn't that what we're doing a lot of times? Living to please ourselves. Ye shall be my disciples, Jesus said, if you give me all of your heart. You keep one thing back and you're hurting your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This rich man he was keeping a whole lot of back. He could have helped a whole lot of people, but he missed opportunities to do so. The woe of graceless fullness is the gnawing of eternal hunger. If we miss that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says we'll always be spiritually hungry. Because when God created man in the garden there, he placed within them a desire to come to him. But who was it that destroyed 
what Jesus wanted or tried to. None other than the devil. And that's exactly what the devil is trying to do today. Is to destroy that relationship that we can have with the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what we have or what we don't have. We can have that relationship. And it will be a relationship unlike any other relationship. Thank God for marriage. For the man and the wife. The husband and the wife. That's a relationship God planned. And God helps. And God uses. But God wants a relationship with us spiritually. We are his children. And we miss a lot of opportunities a lot of times because we do not give it all to him. In the rush of life, the preeminent object of many is to be rich in the sight of men while they are utterly indifferent and insensible to their abject poverty in the sight of God. Many people you know that's quit going to church in the past year. Now, I know we've had the pandemic, but how many have quit using that as an excuse? The farmer was looking to enjoy life like so many today, but did not realize that he was facing death. What a witness for the Lord this farmer could have been. But like so many people today, he had selfish thoughts. Notice what he thought within himself. What shall I do? Did you count the eyes? What shall I do? Isn't that on the minds of a lot of people today? What shall I do? What was it the farmer said? This is what I am going to do. My barns are not big enough. My bank account is not big enough. My relationship is not good enough with the, the world out there. I've got to do something about that. I'm just going to tear those barns down, and I'm going to fill them back up, and I'm going to sit back, eat, drink, and be merry for the rest of my life. Don't worry about anything. Secret sins will be found out as Belshazzar found out. You remember the temple utensils that he brought out? Poured the wine in it? Started drinking? Having a party? No doubt they were getting high. And then all of a sudden, a hand, just a hand, appeared and began to write on the wall. Just like this rich man, he was living his last day on earth. Because that night, Belshazzar was slain. That very night here in our scripture, after he began to say, I, 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 I've got it made. I don't have to do anything. God said, this night, 
your soul shall be required of these. But did, did you notice the rest of that verse? Then whose shall these things be? What are you going to take to heaven? You ever think about that? Well, it sure won't be a dollar. But I sure hope each and every one of us here today who is a Christian will turn and see someone that you have led to the Lord. Man, won't that be a time to shout? Won't that be a time to just dance on heaven's golden streets? When we can turn and offer to the Lord Jesus Christ those souls that we have won to the Lord, not the dollars that we have made, not the stocks that we own, not the beautiful houses that we have lived in, but to turn and see someone stand behind you that you have led to the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, they're yours. You gave me the ability. You gave me the strength. You gave me what I needed to help this person in life. And Lord, he's yours. She's yours. Man, that, you can't get any better than that. The rich man did not comprehend the urgency of his lost position. He was a foolish man. Man, I've got it made. I don't need anything else. I don't need anybody. Nobody needs me. He was a foolish man. But he was also a presumptuous man. Man, I've got a dollar or two in the bank and I don't need any more. But he was also a blind man spiritually. Because he did not know what was going to take place. When he had a wonderful opportunity to be a spiritual blessing to those four poor souls that might have been sitting outside of his gate wanting just a morsel of bread or just a glass of water. You remember Lazarus sat outside the gate just hoping to get a piece of bread? But all in the end, the rich man was suffering and Lazarus was rejoicing. He was a thankless man. He forgot where his riches came from. Who gave him those riches? He gave no credit to God. He was a self-deceived man. This is what I will do, he said. This is what I will do. And the third thing, we have so little time as a witness. Look at verse 20. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night. What would your family think if you went home tonight and in the morning they went to get you up and you were dead? 
That's what happened to this man. Man, he went to bed all happy. Had all these things that he could have helped people but didn't. But the next morning, he wasn't so happy. He was suffering. And the Lord had a testimony unto that and said, Thou fool, this night, the greatest tragedy of the farmer was not what he left behind, but what lay ahead of him. And if you're listening today, you're lost. It's not going to be what you leave behind, but your greatest tragedy was going to be what lies ahead of you. Yes, when you die, you will experience the fires and the separation from God. But on Judgment Day, when the lost are raised up, and King Jesus sitting on the throne. I don't see your name in the book of life. Give an account. Now the rich man said, well, I made plenty of money. I, I, made, I had friends. Was that not enough? I don't see your name. Depart from me, for I never knew you. But for a brief moment, you will be taken out of the fires of hell into that judgment place, and then you will be returned to those fires forever and forever and forever. And no doubt you'll remember every sermon you have ever heard concerning the love of the Lord Jesus Christ and why he came to Calvary's cross to die for you and for me and for the whole world. He would have to spend eternity without God. But he would remember everything about God. The farmer got caught up in worldly things like so many today. Don't make the same mistake. Come to Jesus while you have a chance. While you have breath. While you're still living. You need to get on, on your knees and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I put everything else first. But Lord, right now, I want to put you first. I want you to save me because I don't want to end up like this rich man. I want to end up like Lazarus who was in the bosom of Abraham. And when Christ arose from the grave, ascended back to heaven, the Bible says he took captivity captive. I believe with all of my heart, Lazarus is in heaven today, having a wonderful time because of his belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. But don't make the same mistake that the rich man made. Oh, don't be concerned about what you possess. Because one day it's going to all burn up.
You won't have a thing. I won't have a thing. But what we will have is what we have already sent to heaven. That will be eternal. We need to understand the urgency of the hour that we are living in. Tomorrow, well, I think Jesus said tomorrow will take care of itself. But what about today? Maybe you're here and you've been blessed with a lot. Or you might be here and you've been blessed with just a little. But you took what Jesus gave you and used it for his glory. Whatever you have been blessed with, don't let it destroy you like the rich man. I want to close with this. The words of a song written nearly a hundred years ago. Don't know who the author is. Anonymous. But he writes a lot of songs and they're good. But I want you to listen. Open years. I dreamed that the great judgment morning had dawned and the trumpet had blown. I dreamed that the nations had gathered to judgment before the white throne. From the throne came a bright shining angel and stood on the land and the sea and said with his hand raised to heaven that time was no longer to be. The rich man was there, but his money had melted and vanished away. A pauper stood there in judgment. His debts were too many to pay. The great man was there, but his greatness when death came was left far behind. The angel that opened the records, no trace of his greatness could find. The moral man came to the judgment, but self-righteous rags would not do. The men who had crucified Jesus had passed off as moral men too. The souls that had put off salvation, no, not tonight, I'll get saved by and by. No time now to think or to think of religion. At last, they had found time to die. And oh, what a weeping and wailing as the lost were told of their fate. They cried for the rocks and the mountains. They prayed, but their prayers were too late. Freedom? You want freedom? Put your trust in Jehovah God, the Lord Jesus Christ. The God of everlasting love and life. Then and only then will you enjoy freedom. Aren't you glad that the Bible says, for God so loved the world? Aren't you glad that the Bible says that whosoever will may come? Aren't you glad that if the confession is with made with the mouth and you believe in your heart salvation is available
Jesus wants you. If you're here today in the auditorium, or if you're listening online, however you may be listening, Jesus wants you. He proved that by going to Calvary's cross. He proved that by giving his life, shedding his blood, defeating death, opened up the way of salvation for each and every one. But don't let the cares of the world keep you from coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ as this rich man found out. God loves you. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your love. And thank you for your son who died for us. Now, Lord, you speak, and I know you already have. Lord, you work as you want to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.